This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3691, from Monday, the 26th of September, 2022. Today's show is entitled, Starship RS, the best prompt I don't use. It is hosted by Klaatu and is about 25 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is, bash prompts. Hey everybody, this is Klaatu, and I'm going to talk today about Starship.rs. Starship.rs is a Rust-powered cross-shell prompt. So this is an application that you install onto your Linux or Unix machine, and it provides, as long as you put a, a line into your .bashrc file to 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 start this application up, it provides a, a dynamic shell prompt with all kinds of information optionally in your prompt. Uh, first of all, I mean, the default, I guess, is, I think, host name. And then if you are in a Git repository, it will tell you what Git repository or what Git branch you're on. And I believe it also understands uh, if you're in an yeah if you're in an environment if you're in a, a specific programming environment let's say which is a weird thing to say but like if you have a, a an environment configured within your shell to 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 be using a specific programming language a specific version of a programming language then this prompt also detects that so for instance if you have made your default, I don't know, Python version for that shell, Python 3.10, because maybe you have entered a, like one of those Python environments, a virtual environment, then then this star, this Starship RS would pick that up and, and then let you know. It would display that for you. And by default, it has a bunch of pretty little icons that it uses, like emoti, not emoti, yeah, emoti, no, emojis, emojis, uh, to, to sort of, like, look, this is the version of Rust you're using. It shows you a little crab. Or, look, this is the Python version that you're using. It shows you a little snake. Or Java, and it's got a little coffee cup, and so on. So, it is designed to be a very attractive and kind of pretty in, um, prompt for your terminal. And, I mean, I have to admit, it really spices things up. It's really quite nice, to be honest. Um, and it's easy to install. You just install the binary, um, the binary executable, and and you're up and running. It's just it's that simple. You just kind of download it. You put it somewhere on your path, and you put I think one or two things into your Bash RC, and you're good to go. Uh, and and specifically, it's eval quote dollar sign parentheses starship init bash close parentheses close um quote and and it is a you know a cross shell so it works with bash it works with fish it works with zsh it works with powershell and others that i haven't even heard of before well tcsh that's a good one uh and and so on so so it it, it it's something that can work with lots of different shells it is something that is very attractive and actually informative. That's the cool thing, is that this 
little application actually adds to your terminal experience. You, it, yes, it's pretty. Yes, it's it's got nice little em- emoji that 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 change depending on what kind of environment you're in. You know, it, it is a very sort of active kind of prompt. I mean, it doesn't like blink or anything, I mean, or, or scroll or anything like that. But 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 it is it does change depending on your environment, which is nice. It's got a lot of color turned on, and there's a lot of configurability. Like, you can go, or or I should say, well, yeah, configurability, I guess, or I guess you could say customization. But you can decide what kind of information you want to to have displayed in your prompt. And and there are templates and examples and and options for you to activate or deactivate depending on what you use, what, what's actually useful for you. If you don't program in Rust, then maybe you don't need that option. I mean, I guess just leave it on, it'll never show. But I mean, you know what I mean? Like if you don't need something, then maybe that's not something that's useful for you. So you could you could not have that on. But if maybe you um, program very frequently in something else, and so you could have that on. Or maybe you don't use Git, or maybe you use Git, but you don't care what branch you're in ever. So you could deactivate that. A cool one, another cool one is the sudo uh, plugin or, or or option, whatever the configuration option, where if if you have sudo credentials cached, then it shows you a little alert symbol, showing you that yes, you you are currently you currently have authentication under sudo privileges, and and once that expires, then the little um, then the the icon goes away, so. It's it's informative stuff. It's really really useful, or or maybe just one really. It's really useful. It's mildly useful, and and it's kind of neat. And and like I say, it's really simple to set up. You download the binary executable, or you could compile it from source code. It's open source. You place it somewhere on your path, and then you invoke it in your in your shell init script where whatever that is bash rc or cshrc or whatever you you've got going is zshrc whatever so that's starship rs and i don't use it um so i did use it for like you know like a month and it was it was fine it was fun it was a pleasure to experience it was really it was a lot of fun i and i highly recommend it if it sounds like something that would be of interest to you. Um, what ended up happening for me was that the configuration was um, complex, and and I, I never got my configuration quite right. I, I, I was always seemingly displeased with whatever it was showing me at any given time. And I don't know why. I can't actually explain why that is um i just think that it it i just never quite found like exactly what i wanted or if i if i felt like i did know what i wanted then when i could would configure it it seemed to sort of take that away from me because of some because of an environment you know because i was in a different environment that than than what i wanted to see strangely so it was one of those things that uh, I just through being sort of particular about what I wanted on screen, I could never quite get it right, and that's I don't think that that's a I don't think that that's 
its fault. I think that that's just me, a, a combination of me not knowing exactly what I want or eventually knowing what I want, but then not taking the time to learn how to get it configured. And then there was this small little thing that kind of kicked me over the edge, which was when I started a shell in Emacs, which I do fairly often, I, I don't, it kind of goes back and forth. Sometimes some, some weeks I, I'm, I'm always in a terminal in Emacs, sometimes I'm not. But when I did start a terminal in Emacs, it would never understand, it just couldn't generate a prompt. It couldn't use Starship, I guess, to to render a prompt. And so then it would render an error message. And it just, it was annoying. It was annoying enough for me to decide that Starship.rs wasn't for me right now. That's not to say it'll never be for me. If if I switch from Emacs to something else, which absolutely could happen. Like I'm not I'm not married to Emacs. Uh, it just it's just currently the one that I use because it's the one that I'm comfortable with and I have no there's no real impetus to to change away from Emacs and so I'm using it quite happily. So, if I switched away from Emacs, I could see myself using Starship, or if I took the time to figure out how to get the E shell to ignore the Starship initialization call, then that would work too, because then I wouldn't I wouldn't care so much about not having a prompt in my E shell, or, or rather having a mer- an error message as my prompt in E shell, which is really really annoying. So I got rid of Starship in the end, but I I learned the value of having a really really descriptive prompt. And I, I, I have to say, I don't know why it sort of took Starship to teach me this. I actually used to have a really descriptive prompt at an old job where the, the shell configuration wasn't really up to me. And it, it had the history number, the environment name, because at this job there were, there were specific environments that you would have to switch into in order to work on a project. So if there was a project that you were working on called, uh, I don't know, Alpaca, then then you would have to switch. You would you would have to activate the Alpaca environment, and and then your shell prompt would reflect that. So you would always know, or you could always know by looking what environment you were that that terminal that session was keyed into, which was significant because the, the, that defined where specific data directories were and where render directories were and so on. So that was a, a big deal. So, um, and then I think there was a, oh, probably the current directory, like the literal current path that you were in. And I think that was probably it. And, and that was on its own line. And then the prompt would occur under that. And, and then I think there was, I want to say a I want to say there was might have even been a blank line above it. So it was a very sort of segmented experience and it felt really weird at the time, but I kind of got, I, I fell into it because it was at work and, and it just became sort of the work thing that like, that was how the work terminal worked. And, and that was reflected in several different ways. I mean, I didn't use bash at that job. I used TCSH. So I, I it just kind of, I don't know, the whole thing felt kind of like this is what happens at work, but it stays at work. You don't take that home with you. And so I think when I, when I tried out Starship and it sort of had the same thing going on, it felt eerily familiar to me on the one hand. And, and, and at first it felt almost incorrect. It felt wrong to be, to, to have that kind of prompt 
at home. But then I, I, I kind of remembered how actually how useful that was. I mean, it's it's verbose. There's a lot going on. But then again, it's also verbose. There's a lot going on. And it, 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 there's a strong delimiter between the command that you ran and the command that you're about to run. Or if you're scrolling up in your terminal, then you kind of you kind of get to see where all the commands happened. Like it's really, really easy because there's this big long line of colorful text literally drawing a line through the terminal as to where each major event happened. So I decided that I would try that myself in Bash with just pure pure Bash, no no Rust involved. I, I It kind of occurred to me that my use case for this didn't really require a Rust application to drive my Bash prompt. I could do this with Bash options. So I did a little tiny bit of research, you know, part of which I already knew. I mean, it, this isn't super advanced stuff, but I'm going to just kind of really quick, like, go through it. So one of the things that I actually change pretty regularly is my Java version. So, because I do a lot of, I do a lot of, as much Java programming as I can, because I really, really love it. So, for that, I just put in a function in my bash rc, java underscore version, all capitals, equals, backtick, java dash dash version, pipe, head dash one, pipe, cut dash f2 dash d, quote, space, quote, Backtick. So obviously just parsing the output of Java dash dash version. Not a big deal. Pretty easy. I use um, a Java version manager called SDKman, and SDKman adjusts my environment, and this just takes, uh, this just responds to, you know, this uses the Java that is a part of this environment. So that works quite well. You could probably use something similar with Python, Python underscore version equals Python 3-C, quote, import sys, semicolon, print, uh, you know, something like quote dot, quote dot, join, parentheses, map, parentheses, string, or str, or s, whatever, uh, comma, sys dot, version dot, info, square bracket, colon, three, square bracket, parentheses, 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 close quote, close back tick, something like that should work, I imagine. But then again, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like if you go into a virtual environment within Python, yeah, that should work, right? I don't know. Um, I, I guess you would probably just want to do Python dash C, not Python three. My problem is that on Slack where I have Python two and Python three and technically Python two, well, nothing technical about it. They, they both exist. And so in order to get the Python 3 version, I would want to specify Python 3, but then does that limit what would happen if I was to go into a virtual environment? I don't know, I'd have to test it. I don't know off the top of my head. But you could obviously do that for your favorite language, like whatever language you're frequently using and switching around, you could have a function in there to, to describe that for you. Then I create another variable called IP. And that goes IP equals backtick hostname dash capital I pipe awk single quote curly brace print dollar sign one semicolon curly brace single quote 
close parentheses or close backtick rather. I don't know why I have parentheses in here. I, I'm not sure why I did that. I'm, I'm adjusting as I speak. I also don't know why I used awk to parse that other rather than cut. I, I don't really know. But anyway, then I do a source of slash user doc git dash two dot three five dot one. So I'll have to update that manually if I ever update git slash contrib. Uh, slash completion slash git dash prompt dot sh git dash prompt dot sh is a really really cool little shell script that ships with git you probably have it on your system right now you may or may not know it you can invoke it and it will it will put git stuff into your prompt super super simple so it already exists and then finally I did a ps1 equals and this is where it kind of gets ugly. So, well, first of all, in order to do the do pretty colors, I, I defined human readable colors like green equals single quote uh, backslash e bracket zero semicolon thirty two m close quote. And these are just values that I looked up on you know tldp dot org or whatever it is the Linux documentation project. Um, white equals a single quote backslash e square bracket 97m close single quote and so on so a bunch of colors got defined at the top of the bash uh, rc then i do ps1 equals single quote backslash exclamation point which is the uh, the history so i always know and i can always tell just by looking up where I am in in, a, in my history file. And so if I need to redo a command that's within easy scroll distance of where I am, or just look by looking up, I can invoke that number. That's been really handy. Uh, and then I do square bracket backslash square bracket single quote dollar sign green single quote backslash square bracket dollar sign, or not dollar sign, sorry, back tick, I guess. Although actually I did dollar sign parentheses, so I guess I should keep it with that because that's working. Host name dash s, close parentheses, space dollar sign ip. Now remember that's the that's the ip address uh, that I that I defined as a variable previously. Backslash square bracket single quote dollar sign plain close single quote backslash square bracket square bracket square space square bracket backslash square bracket single quote dollar sign cyan close quote backslash square bracket dollar sign parentheses pwd dash capital p so that gives me my current location on my file system close parentheses backslash square bracket single quote dollar sign plain and all that stuff and then eventually a space dollar sign parentheses underscore underscore git underscore ps1 now i'm able to use that because i sourced the uh, git prompt dot sh so that's a function from uh, git dash prompt dot sh you you just get that for free as long as you source that little shell script that's included in the git um, uh, distribution uh, and then uh, let's see then I change the color to uh, purple oh yeah I remember doing this so um, quote square bracket backslash square bracket single quote dollar sign purple close single quotes black back backslash 
square bracket. And then I have a little git symbol, a little fork git symbol, space percent s. And then I switch back to plane and so on. So I've got a bunch of, of things in there to change the color. And, and the way that you change color in this is you, you, at the front of a thing, you, you tell, you, you invoke that color. And then behind that thing, you invoke a different color to sort of like turn off that color and go back to like plain or white or, you know, whatever your normal color is. It, it makes for a really, really ugly prompt. And I'll, I'll paste all of this into the show notes, I promise. Um, it, it makes for an ugly, it, it, to look at it, it's horrible. But once you, you know, once, once it gets rendered, it, it looks really nice. And then there's a little um, coffee cup and uh, square bracket coffee cup, uh, single quote, dollar sign, Java underscore version. Remember, that's the variable for the JavaScript, the, the, the Java version. I don't know why I said JavaScript version. Java underscore version um, that I created earlier, single quote, square bracket, and then backslash in to give myself a new line. And then I switch over to green, do a dollar sign, switch back to plain, space, close the single quote. It's it's a very long prompt. It's got a lot of data in it. But when it renders, it's really nice. I've got my history number, and then I've got my host name and IP address, which I put in, by the way, because I, I very frequently SSH into something else, some other system, and it's just really useful to know when I'm not on my local system. And I, 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 I've tried little things. I've tried subtle reminders to myself, like changing a prompt when I go to a different system, like just the prompt symbol, which is normally what I used to have. And and that just the the more you you're on different systems, the less I guess you kind of pay attention to the prompt or something. And and so I have I have really taken to just making it very explicit for myself that which system I'm on. So host name and IP address doesn't matter what I identify that system as. Like this is the confirmation that you're on this system or not. And then the home, the, the directory that I'm in, and then the version of Java that I'm currently, uh, that, that, that I currently have uh, active in this, in this shell session. And then a blank line, and then a dollar, a green dollar sign prompt, and then a space, and then that's where I type my commands. So that's my, my shell prompt. Um, in pure bash, so no Rust dependencies. And when I'm in Emacs, if I do a meta X or super X or whatever that button's called, it's alt anyway, um, and then do, for instance, E shell, I get a a simplified, like I get a normal prompt. It's not the prompt from .bash RC, but it, it is a reasonable prompt. It is not a prompt that um, that is an error message about not being able to load a Rust thing. So that's kind of, that's what I want, really. I, I don't necessarily need my prompt to be the same as it is in Bash when I'm in eShell. I don't care about that. But I, I do at least want it to be a reasonable prompt, and that's that has been achieved. So I realize it's probably, like, on one hand, a little silly to to opt out of something just because I couldn't 
be bothered to figure out how to make it work with an occasional shell that I sometimes use in Emacs. I could easily switch from Emacs. I could easily stop using eShell. I could easily do the research to figure out how to use the other thing in eShell. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Point is, Starship, it, it is really nice, and I do recommend it. I, I mean, I recommend it insofar as I used it for a month and didn't, you know, and, and, and enjoyed it. Like, I didn't hate it. It was fun. So if that sounds like something useful for you, then check it out. And if it doesn't, that's fine, too. Um, the, as everyone knows, and, and I'm just finding out, bash prompts can be actually really useful. Um, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't regret not using a big, ugly bash prompt for most of my Linux time. I mean, like, for a decade or whatever it's been, I've been very, very happy with a simple dollar sign. Absolutely. Did not mind having to type PWD, host name, whatever. If I needed more information, I would get the information. But right now, for whatever reason, I'm finding the big verbose sort of delineation actually pretty useful, and so I'm, I'm using that now. I can't promise I'm going to always do that. I might switch back some other time. And certainly on another system, I might keep a very simplified uh, prompt. But I, I and, and in fact, actually, I think that's what's really driven me to having a very verbose prompt is the fact that I'm on so many different systems right now. Like if it's just me and a laptop and nothing else, then I, I could, I absolutely could see myself going back to just a single dollar sign. Totally see that. But right now, because I am interacting with lots of different systems, lots of different clusters, lots of different little control nodes and and nodes and all, all these different computers it really does help to have that that sort of constant reminder and constant reference point really of where am i what am i about to do oh yeah i'm on this system right now okay let me tab over and get to a different one whatever so that's it that's that's prompts that's starship that's bash choose one use it wisely thanks for listening talk to you next time been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.